Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode here of The Daily Grind. Today we are joined by a very special guest, the co-founder of Wellspent, Anush Satch David. Uh, a really informative interview today on point. Anush shares some amazing tools and knowledge as to how to better save your money and think about your money. So be sure as always, everyone, you have a pen, piece of paper, sit back and really dive deep in today's interview with Anish Sach David. Today's podcast, everyone, is brought to you by Wellspent. Wellspent is a free money management app on a mission to help Canadians make better decisions with their money. By linking your bank account, you can start saving and start reducing regretful spending. Listen, most other apps out there are just going to tell you that you're spending too much eating out or you're spending too much on things that maybe matter to you, but don't matter to everyone else. Well Spent takes a completely different approach, which is absolutely amazing. I encourage you all to download the app available on Android and iOS. You can check out their website at wellspent.co or follow them on Instagram at well.spent. You guys are not going to regret this. What an amazing app, an amazing tool for you right now. Again, well spent. You can download it today through the Android and iOS stores or go to wellspent.co. Today's podcast is also brought to you by Policy Genius. Listen, there are things that we're going to look back on and we do look back on and think, how did I get that so wrong? It might be wearing that weird polo shirt where you pop the collar all the time, maybe donating to Coney 2012 or dating that one person that one time. And you know the one. Listen, we're always going to get things wrong. That is just life. But there are also things we can get right on the first try. That is like shopping for life insurance. That's where Policy Genius comes in. Policy Genius makes finding the right life insurance super, super easy. In minutes, you can compare quotes from top insurers to find your best price. You can save up to $1,500 or more a year by using Policy Genius to compare life insurance policies. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team will handle all the paperwork and red tape for free. Yes, I said that for free. And Policy Genius doesn't just make life insurance easy. They can also help you find the right home and auto insurance or disability insurance. So even if you look back on your triple denim days in distress, you'll never be distressed about life insurance with Policy Genius. In just a few minutes, you can find your best price and apply at policygenius.com. Again, that is policygenius.com. We all get things wrong from time to time. At least we can get life insurance right with Policy Genius. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the podcast. As I mentioned, today we are sitting down with Anush Satch David. Anush is the co founder of Wellspent. Wellspent was born from years of researching and exploring and understanding the relationship people have with their money and the ways technology was changing it. Through these observations, Anush and his longtime co-founders noticed a gap in how money management apps were built 
and the way in which money actually existed in people's lives. With an economics degree from the University of British Columbia, Anush has always loved collecting and analyzing data to find trends and problems worth solving. He started with RBC nearly seven years ago as a behavioral choice architect, focusing on consumer psychology and experience design. In this role, he helped set up and support a design and innovation research practice group. This established the foundation for several years of work and study to better understand decision-making in the context of money management and developing tools that supported it. Previous to RBC and RBC Ventures, Anush co-founded a news aggregation startup called WePower and worked briefly in advertising. Anush's co-founders, Matt and Daniel, have backgrounds in leading and conceptualizing innovative products and strategy in the personal finance space and mobile banking apps. Together, WellSpent was created within RBC Ventures, a unit of RBC, the Royal Bank of Canada, and launched in December of 2018. Today, WellSpent is a free money management app on a mission to help Canadians make better decisions with their money. As I mentioned, everyone, uh, be sure you have a pen, a piece of paper, sit back and really dive deep in today's interview with Anush Sach David. Enjoy. Well, Anush, welcome to the Daily Grind, my friend. How are you? I'm doing well, Colin. Thanks for having me. Uh, uh, thank you so you much have- for being here. Um, Anush, man, uh, for people who kind of being first introduced to you and, and what you do, uh, this is kind of the point where I'll, I'll leave it up to you and, and let the listeners know a little bit about who you are and what it is that you do. Um, yeah, so I'm uh, Anush Sachdeva. Um, I'm the co-founder of uh, WellSpent. It's a money management uh, app that helps people make better choices with their money. Um, you know, before uh, I co-founded WellSpent, I'd been working with RBC um, as a choice architect um, and helping set up um, a practice group that applies behavioral sciences to how we think about designing um, any commercial interaction we might have with uh, with our clients. Um, before that, university degree in economics, uh, attempted to co-found a couple of other products. One was a news aggregator app called WePower um, and spent some time in advertising before that. That's a little bit about me. Interesting. How long have you been, uh, or before, because two years you've been with WellSpent, right? That's correct. Um, Sorry. Yeah, so two years. How long were you with RBC before you co-founded WellSpent? Um, I've been with RBC or, you know, now specifically, uh, WellSpent, which is, you know, part of the RBC Ventures family of startups and, uh, ventures. Um, I've been, uh, with the organization for, it's coming up on seven years, I would say. Wow. What, what was the, uh, the idea behind WellSpent for you? Like, had this been in the works for you for a while? Had, had you been thinking about this idea for a while? Or is this something that was maybe slightly more spontaneous? Um, it's interesting that you bring that up. So, you know, before co-founding WellSpent, I'd spent, you know, a few years um, leading some research um, for, the, for the retail bank, thinking about how our new sort of digital environments um, and tools that we have available to us impact how you know people are making choices with their money how they think about money and um 
you know, things like that. So uh, I'd spent a fair bit of time, um, you know, thinking about uh, the impact, you know, our, our new environment has on, on the tools and how people are making choices. So definitely not something that was a spontaneous idea. I think much of the insight um, that has gone into developing WellSment um, has been years in the making. Wow. So what were some of the what were some of the eye openers that you kind of discovered during that time? Like what were some of the things that opened your eyes to for you to start thinking that, you know, well spent could be what I'm going to be doing? Um, you know, so some of this might actually sound pretty intuitive now that I, you know, um, you know, uh, talk about <laughs> it as a narrative. But um, you know, one of the, the key learnings or realizations that I had speaking with people, um, interviewing people, doing a bunch of ethnographic research was, you know, in our daily lives, in our everyday lives, uh, people aren't really thinking about their money in terms of dollars and cents. It's really about the choices they make with their money. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I think about the tools that, you know, financial institutions and money experts have, you know, supported people with it's really about helping people through the, the theoretical, the rational side of money management, you know, the spreadsheets and the charts and all the rest of that. And at the end of the day, you know, when people are out there living their lives, it's not really the spreadsheet they're, they're focused on. Um, I'm sure, you know, you may have had this experience as well, Colin, but, you know, I know I have. Yeah, uh, don't cheat sure. on our spreadsheets. Um, so... I, there was something that this didn't click there. And as we got into this research, you know, some of the numbers that we saw were uh, pretty jarring, you know. Um, and, you know, not a lot of this has changed. Now, I don't know what specifically it stands at today. I'll have to go back and confirm that for you. Uh, but, you know, it's something like $1.70 in debt for every dollar Canadians make. Um, so, you know, thinking about financial literacy in the way we have typically done as a society, um, it's clearly there's room for improvement or at least another side of the story um, or problem that hasn't necessarily been explored as well. Um, and, you know, my sort of background being in uh, behavioral economics um, and spending a lot of time looking at the research um, in this new discipline, uh, what I started to see was this this learning of, you know, or this sort of idea that, hey, we, we actually, let's start by assuming that we are imperfect beings. We are, you know, as human beings, we're not perfect. Um, and start questioning those sort of rational agent models that, you know, typically in your ivory tower, uh, people are sitting up and, and building tools and frameworks for. Um, you know, this learning has been very successfully adopted in public policy and, and thinking about how we help people change the way they eat and so many other things. Uh, we thought there was an opportunity to start exploring how we could build tools, uh, keeping in mind that, you know, we're imperfect, we're going to make mistakes, and how do we build a tool for that? Yeah, no, I, I mean, it makes so much sense, right? Like when, when I'm on Well Spent, I'm looking at, you know, you talk about how money is emotional, not technical. And, 
you know, knowing that, like what benefits have you seen since sort of you and your team and you've seen others start to look at money a little bit more emotionally as opposed to on the spreadsheet, as you had mentioned? Um, you know, Colin, I think the, the biggest impact it's had, you know, the technology that we've built has had on people is it's, it's helped so many people actually bring clarity to the choices that they make every day with their money and, you know, see a dollar figure associated with the impact, um, you know, their judgment or, you know, in, in, in a conventional sense, bad judgment might be having on their wallets. So um, I think when people see that dollar figure for the first time, um, they recognize that there is actually a tremendous room for improvement here. Um, so it's been really fascinating to see people switch gears and start thinking about, you know, the impact that their choices have on their money every day and, and seeing that broken down for them. Um, so th th that's been something that's been really interesting to see. Now, in terms of, sorry, I feel like you had a... No, nope, no, nope, go for it. Keep going. <laughs> um, so, you know, in, in terms of seeing an, an impact on how they, uh, there's been changes to how they spend, you know, at an aggregate level, given we've been in market now for just over a year, um, you know, I, I think it's important to recognize that um, real change, uh, behavioral change, takes a little bit longer than, you know, spending a few weeks um, on, on the app. Now, uh, what we've always talked about is, you know, we don't promise that your life is going to be... Um, you know, in terms of the dollars that you're saving or things like that, there's there's no magic pill that will result in a few weeks of you using the app and you seeing dramatic changes on that front. However, you know, having clarity uh, in terms of where you're spending, how you feel about it, what choices you do regret, and seeing the dollars associated with that allows many users to start um, thinking about where they might, you know, cut back um, you know, readjust how they spend so they can focus on on saving dollars while not having to really make huge trade-offs when it comes to their happiness. Um, yeah. An example. Yeah, go for it. Uh, I was just going to ask. Yeah, you know, an example, and I'll, and I'll give you a personal example here. So, you know, typically a conventional, you know, money tool or money app um, and the, there are many sophisticated such apps out there in the market. I've worked on a few of them uh, myself. Um, it would give me an insight that says, hey, Anush, you spent, you know, 10% more than the average millennial, your age, demographic, income on restaurants and dining. And you should, should aim to cut back on that. Um, you know, that's, that's interesting. Um, it's useful information. But the question that comes to my mind is, where do I cut back? Um, going out, new restaurants, uh, food experiences, that's something my partner and I, we enjoy together. It's a shared interest of ours. Um, and, you know, it, it makes me apprehensive to, you know, to sort of say, hey, I, I don't need to do that or should cut back on it because it brings me so much joy. Um, so is that really better for me? When I, when I think about my... Um, overall well-being uh, is that the first thing I would want to sacrifice now with well spent we've understood and you know this is how we solve for it and there, there might be others solving for it differently is we focus on the context 
we say, hey, context matters. So with WellSpend, you know, I know that um, 30 or 40% of, of that overall restaurants and dining, that broad bucket of uh, that spending, is actually me buying lunch at work at a food court. Um, WellSpend also tells me that I told the tool that I don't enjoy spending that money. Uh, it's, I think it's unhealthy. Um, I don't like the food particularly. So it doesn't really add a lot of value to my life. Um, and by cutting back on that spending, I can continue to you know, go to the nice restaurants, um, spend that money with my partner, um, and I don't have to compromise on the things that make me happy while also you know, uh, taking a look at my wallet and saying, I can start to save a little bit more. Yeah, it makes so much sense because you know, as you even talking and you're talking about like your enjoyment for eating out, which I know a lot of people have, um, some people value things differently, right? And and I think if you try to take away something that you value, it's almost like trying to diet. It's almost like trying to, to diet with food where you're taking something away, but then you know, you're eventually going to go back to it. And when you do, it's almost like you binge on it. So all that work that you did, it kind of goes away anyways. Whereas I think you know, taking this approach with what you've done and really getting down to the core. And like you said, it takes time, but any change takes time. Um, but knowing those things allow that change to occur as opposed to just trying to look for the quick fix. Yeah, I mean, that's that's such an excellent analogy. You know, uh, we know that most diets fail and crash diets are actually more harmful for you than um, you know, thinking about what's a sustainable um, sort of personal diet that you can you can adopt. So um, it's, it's an excellent analogy. And, you know, what we found is people coming in for that crash diet version of money management, um, they haven't always found what they need on well spent. We do need to find, you know, ways of making it easier for them to, to adopt a more sustainable um, sort of approach to thinking about it. Um, but, you know, that's that's a challenge of the times we live in. We are always being sold a, a quick fix for this um, and a simple way to, um, you know, change your life um, dramatically. And, uh, you know, we know that on, on reflection that it's it sounds like it's too good to be true because most of the times it is, right? Um, at the same time, you know, the language that we use to, you know, particularly think about money, can that sort of be reconstructed in a way that it feels less daunting? Um, is it necessary that we talk about money um, like money experts would? I, I don't think so. You know, when you, when you talk about dieting, for instance, um, it, it's often broken down in ways for people um, that you know somebody can can quickly quickly understand the basics without having to get into the nuances of um, you know the biology behind it, um, and that's really been one of our key uh, you know things that we focused on with WellSpent is how do we change the language around money? So we focus on on choices, and you know it's not about dollars and cents because. If you focus on choices, I think everybody can stand up and say, hey, you know, to a certain extent, um, I think subjectively, I know what's good for me or what's not good for me, or I have a better read on 
what is a responsible decision for myself than somebody who's never met me before sitting behind a desk uh, telling me that this is how I should live my life. Um, so I think that intuitively makes sense for people. Totally. It's, it's, it's very much being intentional with, with your money and your spending. It's, it very much is. And, you know, it, um, somebody once described us as um, meditation for their bank account. Uh, which oh, I, I like that. <laughs> which I thought was very interesting. Um, you know, because particularly right now, you know, yourself, me included, you know, most Canadians, uh, we have been confined to our houses um, for the last little bit. And, you know, for me, when I think about what I miss every day, I'm starting to also have a sense of, you know, the amount of consumption in my life um, and the time I spent on things that were sort of uh, not really necessary to my happiness or didn't create a ton of value. Uh, there's a lot of mindless consumption um, that, you know, we see around us and we participate in. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a factor of, um, you know, also recognizing how society has changed um, in the last decade or so. Um, you know, not only are um, we, we're some of the most advertised people to, on the planet, and it's, it's never been as crazy as it is now. You know, any experience that you have is an opportunity for, for somebody to tell you that if you were to, you know, um, forego a little bit of your hard-earned cash towards their product or their service, uh, it's going to change your life. Um, and, you know, it, it becomes difficult to navigate the messiness of how to choose uh, where to spend your hard-earned money. Um, and we hope with Well Spent, we can sort of, you know, help you take a breath, um, reflect on your spending, um, and, you know, really ask yourself, what really matters to me? What brings me joy? And how do I refocus this hard-earned spending on only the things uh, that matter most to myself, my family, and the people around me? Um, it makes so much sense because as you look, right, I think we're so impulsive with the way we spend money. And at the time, it may make us feel good. But without reflecting on it, I'm, I'm sure like I, I sit back and I'm like, I know there's a lot of things that I purchased that make you feel good at that moment. But then you look back, you know, a week or a couple of weeks from now and you're like, I don't feel as good about that anymore. It's interesting how with time and reflection, it can change what you value in things. Yeah, you know, that's, um, that's a great point. You know, what our data has shown us is um, when people see a series of choices that they make uh, made that were, you know, the same choice now, for instance, um, um, you know, buying that $5, cappuccino every day for some people you know the first time they see that they're like you know what that's that's a great cup of coffee i enjoyed that um i'm gonna swipe right um for you know the second time they see it it's the same sentiment but when they see the seventh coffee in that same week they really start yeah. asking themselves why are they doing this um so and then you start seeing them you know reorganize that spending on well spent as hashtag unnecessary um, and they're making real changes and or at least starting to organize their lives in ways which they are um, they're recognizing what they need to do or what they value and 
how they can create more room in their wallet for the things they love or additional savings or investments or what have you. Yeah, it's funny, right? Like it's oftentimes until you see like the pattern, like with well spent, you see that you have been getting coffee, you know, twice a twice a day for the last month. And you think it's something that brings you brings you joy and makes you happy. Then you look at it and you're like, oh my gosh, like that's wild. It's sometimes that data and sometimes when you look at those patterns, because we can get stuck in these patterns and without looking at them, we think that we're doing things that are okay and fine. But when you look at it, I think that's when the eye opener comes to be like, oh, maybe, maybe this is something that doesn't bring me as much joy anymore. Yeah. And, you know, I think you, you hit something on, on, on the head there in terms of, you know, one of the core challenges we realized um, we were facing was in how money management apps and tools and spreadsheets feel. Um, and they feel like work. They feel like spreadsheets and lists. Um, so, you know, one of the things we wanted to do with Well Spent was um, and, you know, uh, one of our co-founders, uh, Daniel, um, he, he did an excellent job with this, which was, how do you imagine a tool that doesn't feel like work? As I'm playing around with, with WellSpent, it should feel like play. And at the same time, you, you're getting, you know, a lot of serious work done. But the moment it feels like really hard work, um, the need for me to want to go in starts diminishing. Uh, I will keep putting it off because it's a task, right? Um, and, you know, the list and the spreadsheets, they sort of uh, take away from the humanity behind our, our choices. You know, it's that $14 or $6, that's it's not just a number. It's, it's who you are in many ways. The, the things you surround yourself with, uh, the, you know, type of coffee you drink or, um, you know, why you go to... Uh, one yoga studio versus another, it's, it's a reflection of who you are, or at least who you're trying to be. Um, and we felt it was incredibly important work to, to help people identify you know, themselves um, in these numbers. Um, so you know, that's, that's an ongoing journey process. We're, we're always you know, speaking with our users, talking to them about ways in which we can improve. Um, but that's one of our core goals at Wellspent, for sure. Yeah, it's it's funny, right? Because as I'm thinking, it's almost like as you're going through these exercises and you use the app, it almost it, it's helping the user discover their values themselves, which is so important. Because I'm sure, like, it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, like with where you are, say right now, I think a lot of it has to do with kind of understanding your values and what you're good at and what you believe in. Absolutely. You know, it's, it, uh, we, we had this sort of recognition that there's a, there's a gap in, you know, the, the tools and the resources available to people uh, in terms of helping them make better choices. But, you know, addressing that gap and, and the reason for why we built WellSpend and the core, you know, mechanism behind it, uh, while that will obviously continue to hold true, um, we're still on this journey in attempting to understand um, how we best approach it. Um, you know, the, the values behind WellSpend in terms of its, um, its intellectual foundations, while they hold, um, uh, you know, they, they hold stable, um, our hypotheses around how we best achieve that, uh, that, that's always work in progress. And, you know, if we are not open to recognizing that 
as human beings and creators of WealthSpan, we too are imperfect and, and may have gotten it wrong. Um, we kind of being hypocritical in some sense. No doubt. Absolutely. So with WellSpent, um, you know, obviously there's a lot of people listening who are looking to, to start something themselves. Maybe they're in the process of it. But, you know, kind of looking back at, at the whole process from you when you had the idea to, to launch and conception, like what was the biggest maybe hurdle that you guys faced in getting this up and running? I mean, the first thing I think is, um, you know, when you when you talk about um, the need for for a product that is organized in a way where we're asking you to to reflect on every choice. Um, I think even as we ask ourselves whether that was uh, that was something people would do. I think that was a hurdle in in terms of convincing people around us that um, you know if given the right tool and the right environment, people will will engage with their money in that way. Now, a second thing that comes to mind is you know convincing a bunch of people around us that have been in the business of helping people with their finances for for decades and spent their entire lives doing this mm-hmm. um, is that you know there's an alt alternate path here that um, you know is hasn't been explored and uh, hasn't been explored not for good reasons but um, just because um, it hasn't been done before in this way so I think that was definitely uh, something that we needed to you know work through with with everyone involved now um, you know we had this tremendous platform which is RBC ventures um, that really backed um, you know, new and bold ways of thinking about how we can build solutions that will support our community. So, um, you know, that challenge was overcome by, you know, the platform that we had with RBC Ventures. And given I'd spent some time at RBC, uh, I was able to, you know, speak with the right people uh, to, you know, make sure that our voices are. That's amazing. So, so you, you mentioned RBC Ventures. For people unfamiliar with RBC Ventures, talk to us a little bit about the platform and how that's been you know, such, so beneficial to you. Um, you know, I'll, I'll speak to how RBC Ventures, um, in, in, in relation to how specifically it's supported well spent. Um, and you know, there's, there's a lot of, on our website, the RBC Ventures website, you can, um, you know, I'd encourage people to go take a look at all the great you know, uh, products and ventures that are being uh, invested in. Um, but for wealth spend specifically, you know, as I mentioned, uh, um, we've had a we've had a ton of support in terms of a starting with the you know the vision um, and the courage to back innovative ideas. Um, you know, something like wealth spend is a challenge to the norm. Um, so you know, having faith in us was obviously something that we're incredibly grateful for. Um, you know, not only that, uh, what, you know, the organization's been able to do is, uh, is get people from, you know, uh, recruit people from very different companies and backgrounds. And we have some incredible talent um, in the organization. And, you know, as you're building a new product, a new venture, um, having that ecosystem around you uh, is incredibly helpful. Uh, if we have a question or you know, hypotheses that we want to run through, whether it's marketing or operations or technology, we have some of the best people in the country, you know, helping us with that. So, um, 
is, is really an incredible opportunity. Absolutely. How important has, has the people around you been in achieving the success that you've gotten so far? Because there's so many people out there. I've heard it a million times. Like it, It's the people around you that really push you forward. Have you found the same thing? Absolutely. Like um, I don't think anyone can achieve anything without having the best people around them. There's a reason what I'm saying sounds like a cliche because yeah. everyone said it in so many different ways and um, it holds true. It's just, um, you know, a fact of, of how human beings function. Um, you know, we are always better when we are uh, able to work with a group of people and work really well uh, to achieve a collective vision. So, you know, I mentioned previously, you know, my co-founder, um, head of design, Daniel, um, you know, without his creative sort of uh, vision for how he imagined the user experience, um, you know, we would have been, uh, he's had a tremendous impact. Um, our marketing team, our developers who actually, you know, build the product that people use every day. Uh, you know, while we are supported with RBC Ventures, our ethos is um, that we will run like a startup, extremely lean, very small team, and everyone will jump in and, and work on 100 things at the same time. So, um, you know, without the team around us, um, you know, we, we wouldn't have gotten very far. So um, extremely grateful for the people that continue to support the vision, um, you know, day in and day out, regardless of the circumstances, whether you're working from home or you're in the office, like giving it their 150% every day is what makes us, um, you know, achieve any amount of success that we have. And you know, that's the internal team. I, I also do want to pause and acknowledge um, our users because, you know, we've had, um, you know, the, we've had a tremendous amount of luck in the sense that our users want to engage with us. They want to give us feedback. They will come into our offices for, for interviews and they will share ideas and, you know, mock up versions of the app themselves that uh, they think would do a better job at, at addressing uh, the problem uh, that we, we're helping them uh, sort of uh, work through. So we have a very engaged community um, and they sort of help us be better every day. I think that speaks to, to the platform because I think when you have an engaged community and when you have engaged people around you, it, it, it says a lot about, about, the, about a business and a person. Yeah, um, you know, the, the response we've seen so far uh, and we hope to continue to build on and, you know, justify the fate that our users have shown in us um, thus far. Um, it, it goes a long way. Awesome. All right, Anish, we're going to move into a uh, next segment here called Do or Do Not. Are you ready for this? Um, I think so, yeah. You must unlearn what you have learned. All right, I'll give it a try. No, try not. Do or do not. All right, I'm going to explain it to you, okay? I'm going to present you with uh, a scenario. So this is a scenario that entrepreneurs and people you, you've either seen, maybe you've done it, um, or you've seen other people do it. So I'm going to, I'm going to give you the scenario. You're going to tell me do or do not. And the reasoning behind it. Fair enough. Yeah, let's do this. Okay. Okay. So there's a lot of people out there with great business ideas. Okay. So this person has a great business idea. The first thing he or she, or they do is go to their family and friends and tell them about it. 
Is that a do or a do not? Um, I would like to answer that with a why not. Um, okay, I like which it. Is, I guess another way of saying do, but yep. you know, um, depends on your uh, how comfortable you are sharing things with your family. But you know, the, the biggest thing I've learned as um, somebody attempting to create something in the world is don't be afraid of people telling you that you're out of your mind because you're going to hear that all the time. Um, people are going to tell you it's a terrible idea. Uh, you shouldn't do it. Um, and often, you know, at least from what I've heard and experienced myself a few times, um, when people tell you that you're crazy, you might have something because you've touched mm. enough. It's, it's so tough though, isn't it? Like, cause you, you know, you got something, but everyone else thinks you're crazy around you. It's hard. How do you push through that? How did you push through that? Um, you know, uh, thankfully for me, um, as I was mentioning earlier, um, there's a, there's a ton of research out there, you know, yeah. Nobel prizes being won around thinking, um, you know, applying this framework to other, other areas, but as public policy, et cetera. So, I knew there was something here. The fact that people hadn't, um, you know, thought of it in, in this way was, um, it sounded obvious to me. And um, when people told me that um, I was out of my mind, um, I reflected on that, um, you know, and, uh, you know, decided to go ahead anyway and, and try and work with people who, um, you know, I was able to convince that there was something here. Um, and you just, you don't give up is, I think, um, the first thing I would say, which again is a cliche because it's, I believe it's true. If you can't believe in yourself and what you have, it's going to be really difficult for you to, to convince um, first a team to help support you um, and then users and people around you that there is something here that um, deserves a voice. I like it. All right, moving into the second one. Okay. All right, this one's more this one's more of like a scale of one to ten. Okay. One being you haven't seen it very much, and ten being it you've seen a lot. Okay. So yeah. this one is someone buys a domain name, then tells everyone they're a founder. Um probably eight. <laughs> it happens a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. And uh, you know, to that I would say I agree with them. They're the founder of a domain name that you know, it yeah. doesn't have anything behind it yet. And hopefully it's inspiration to build something. So kudos. Yeah, I like your pot. I like your positive spin on all these. I love your positive spin. All right. We're going to move to the next one here. Okay. Should you try to raise money without a team in place around you? Is that a do or a do not? Um, that's an interesting one for me. Um, you know, from, if I were to, um, think about what, you know, my learning has been uh, with Baldspend and, and other uh, sort of ventures that, you know, some that didn't go so well. Um, I would say that always try and build something yourself before you ask yourself, how am I going to raise money for this? Mm -hmm. If there's something that you can do that uh, you can go out there and, and test with a little bit of your own money or um, you know, without having to raise significant funds, 
go do that before you start thinking about investors and VCs and all the rest of it. I think that comes much later. You you got to first go out into the real world and um, attempt to you know gather some evidence on whether there's some is meaningful work here to be done or not. Great advice. Love that one. All right, last one for you, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, someone connects with you on LinkedIn. Then they send you a message right away saying, great to connect. Got a few minutes to chat. Do or do not? Um, this is going to sound like a cop-out, but... Um, <laughs> Depends again, um, right. you know, so if it's, if it sounds like a sales call, which is typically what most of those things are, um, I would say do not do that as a salesperson, uh, un- unless you have something really meaningful or, or a connection or something of that sort. Um, if you're looking for an opportunity, you know, some of the people we have on our team, uh, and even at RBC ventures, um, you know, I personally hired people based on a LinkedIn message. And then I did actually take the time to find out who they were and um, whether they would be a great fit. And um, it was as easy as that in terms of finding the right people. Because if you have an ability, a talent that, you know, you believe in, um, there will be, uh, you know, as, as startups or large organizations, we're always looking for great talent. So uh, if you're looking for an opportunity, and you don't have a relevant connection or anything of that sort, um, do anything and everything you can uh, to make sure people know that uh, you can create great value. So if you're a salesperson, uh, maybe do not. If you are somebody looking for an opportunity, um, absolutely. I always take the time to uh, look at profiles or read emails that come my way um, you know, from people that are looking for opportunities. I love it. Last one for you. Should someone download Well Spent? Do or do not? Absolutely do. <laughs> um, check of us course. out at wellspent.co. We're available on iOS and Android. Um, and hopefully we can help you uh, reflect on your spending and make better choices and build better habits. I love I it. Well, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, I was just saying... Not hopefully, I, I definitely know we can help you uh, do a better job with that. So um, come give us a shot. Of course, everyone check it out. Um, I know I've been using it the last few days. It's absolutely amazing. I'm super excited and going to share with you all the results and the findings that I have throughout this. And Anush, I want to thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and coming on the show here and you're sharing your wisdom with the audience today. I really appreciate you, you know, taking the time to have me on your podcast, Colin. Uh, really enjoyed speaking with you. The pleasure is all mine. And everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, uh, hit the subscribe button if you're not subscribed already. But more importantly than that, especially right now, if you listen to this episode, you found value from it, share this out with someone you know. Share this out with one person who you feel like could really benefit from listening to today's episode. We'll be back next week with another one. Until then, everyone, Colin Morgan signing off. And always remember to keep on grinding.